Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob and Dyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He's here. We're locked and loaded. We're ready to go. Uh, before we get going, you know, we talked last week about the Kevin Durant stuff and how we weren't going to talk about it until something happens. Well, nothing happens because Kevin Durant's a jerk face, and the Nets currently want everybody... Uh, and their mother, apparently, in this trade. So we're not going to talk about that. But we are going to be talking some Pistons and Dwayne Casey's future. We've g- I've got a couple questions for Mr. Mike Merkel today. I got one uh, on the current state of professional wrestling, and I've got another one on Michigan's quarterback situation. And then, of course, we're going to end today's show talking about another NFL division as we approach training camp. We're talking probably one of the most highly contested divisions, especially in the NFC, which is going to be the NFC West. So we're going to be ranking all of their positional groups, offensive and defensively, um, and kind of see who comes out on top. I'm very interested to see the results there. Uh, But, Mike, let's start off. We have NBA uh, Summer League action has kicked off at this point officially. Um, We have started to see some glimpses, Mike, of – the Jaden Ivey experience, Jalen Duran, all that good stuff, and it's exciting, right? You're mm. seeing some explosiveness. You're seeing some quick playability. You're seeing the oops. You're seeing all the, the flashy highlights, right? They're playing well. You've seen some expanded range from even, like, Isaiah Stewart, who's making some threes here. Um, you know, lots of things to be excited about about this young core of this team. You're really starting to see it. But this begs the question, because if you're noticing at all, for those five of you that watch the Summer League games through and through, you crazy, crazy bastards, you. Um, you're seeing a, a little bit more up-tempo offense, right? You're seeing them run up and down the court a little bit more. You're starting to see them kind of be a little bit more explosive. That is not traditionally the Dwayne Casey way of thinking, clearly. Um, so it kind of begs the question, Mike, based on this young nucleus um, and some raised expectations in the year two of the Cade Cunningham era, right? Where, what kind of leash do you think that Dwayne Casey has here? Do you, do you think he's coached for the next two years, three years? Do you think he's the coach for this team for the future? Do you think that does this season in particular, their performance have a strong yes or no possibility on the answer to some of those questions? Just kind of give me your thoughts on Dwayne Casey as we go into another season here. We've made the playoffs, right? That was an epic disaster. Ever since then, we've really tore it down. So I can't necessarily blame the losing strictly on Dwayne Casey. I don't think that's fair. He is a former coach of the year. Um, just give me your thoughts on Dwayne Casey as it stands right now. You know, where you, where you think he's going to be at? And is, is he the answer at head coach long-term for this team? Because this team is super-duper young. Mm-hmm. So they're going to need to find somebody at some point to steer the ship in the right direction. Is he the guy? Yeah, um no. He is uh, <laughs> he is he is not the guy. He is um he's a good like mentor yeah. slash developmental coach yeah. mm-hmm. in my head. Mm-hmm. I always think of him in those Toronto but like also in those Toronto years when he was going against LeBron, you could just tell he was just so mismatched yeah against that team like i think I, I everyone would always go in and go wow this toronto team can really put up a fight against this Cavs team yeah. and it was always just like did, they, there were no adjustments yeah. Yeah. there were no nothing it was just yeah. like they were just i guess just not better for, yeah. in, in whatever right. instance but then the year he leaves and i guess co- coherently when lebron leaves at the same time they and go they on to win Kawhi. and they and get why they, they, they go and win the championship which had a lot to do Kawhi had a lot to do with it but mm-hmm. i also think nick nurse is just a better coach than yeah. what Dwayne casey is do th- do i don't know if Dwayne casey takes him over the top do you think do you think nick nurse in, in you know 
just talking about that Toronto time, right? Dwayne Casey wins coach of the year, the year is that he's fired, mm-hmm. right? Because they can't get over the hump of the first seed in the East. They get absolutely molly by the Cavs. Yeah. Um, but do you think that um, Nick Nurse is a better fit for today's NBA because he has a little bit more of a faster pace, high-octane, offensively driven type of coach style where he's like, hey, we got to get creative. We have to do things. We got to, you know, we got to create space. Mm-hmm. We have to pick up the pace, those sorts of things. Yeah, no, uh, that's that's mostly what this NBA is, mm-hmm. unless you are the Golden State Warriors, in which case you can just set stuff up and just let stuff fly. Right. Other than that, you have to be – that was the biggest problem with the Lakers and why they got Russell Westbrook last year mm-hmm. was they were like, okay, we're older. We have to get someone in here who can just run up and down the court yeah, and be super pace. athletic and pick up the pace at times. Yeah. And – um, it also didn't work out for them, but that's for different reasons. Yeah, well, um, you gotta make expect them to make at least ten percent of the show. Yeah, make so. something, please, <laughs> for the love of God. But uh, yeah, that's where the NBA is going to. You watch teams like the Bucks, where Giannis just runs, takes yeah. seven steps, and makes it all the way up the court to get the layup or whatever. Yeah. Um, Boston plays good defense and runs up and down the court. So all the good elite teams right now are just fast paced, run up and down the court. Mm-hmm. And so the Pistons, being the youngest team. By a hot margin. They, yeah. I think their average age is like 24.25 or something <laughs> yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it's like, like Kelly Olenek and, uh, and Corey Joseph and then a whole bunch of 20-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So uh, I, think, I think with their youth, that has to be their play because yeah. I don't think – they're not guys who are just going to spot up to shoot you to yeah, death. They don't have they that. They don't have that. Yeah. So they have to be just faster and more athletic than you. Yeah. I think you're going to see a problem in the regular season mm-hmm. if teams like the Lakers and the Nets – can be more athletic than you're going to be like, why is this team, the starting lineup of an average year of 21 years old, right. can't keep up with these 35 year old guys. Right, right, I think exactly. that's where you get a problem. So yeah. they like, they almost have to be more athletic than everyone else. Yeah. And, and you've seen a renewed focus and heavy emphasis, right. On that same topic, right. Of getting more athletic, becoming more explosive, getting better athletes, right. Like as much as people are like, Oh man, you know, you know, Luka Garza, you know, player of the year coming to Detroit. And even he, you know, he's no longer a piston, but like, even he said, I got to get faster. I got to get skinnier. I got to get, you know, I have to be more athletic. I got to be more, you know, I got to be a better athlete than I was able to in college. And you saw this year with the selections of both Jaden Ivey and Jaden Duren that there is a renewed focus by Troy Weaver and this staff to go, hey, we need to get faster. We need to get more explosive. We need to do these things. And they got the two most explosive players in this draft for that renewed focus right there. And you saw in the summer league, the alley-oops and everything else, and Mm -hmm. some of these things that you see, that makes Pistons fans excited. It got me excited. Seeing those highlights of seeing these guys going out there, playing ball, and not really with a set plan, just playing to their strengths. I hope Dwayne Casey's watching. Now, for you – do you think that this year, do you think he makes it through the whole year? Or unless they completely bottom out, we've got like a 12-win team. Do you think he makes it through the year no matter what? Because even though there's a inside-the-building expectation that they're going to try to push to get into the play-in series, mm-hmm. you know, you seem to be like, eh, you, you won 23 games last year. That's probably a bit of a stretch. I'm kind of hoping that they can, you know, I, I'm hoping if they can add 10 wins to their win total, I'd be thrilled. Yeah. Uh, which I think will hopefully get them there potentially i don't mm-hmm. know um but if they're not and if say they have say they only you know say they win 26 games this year do you think that that is like okay troy we was like all right we've kind of had enough of mm-hmm. you being their mentor guy we need to get somebody in here who can 
start saying, hey, let's go run and gun. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's almost 100% that he's gone by at least the end of the year. Okay. I would be shocked if he leaves any time in the middle of the year. Right, yeah. I, I think unless, it's like, all – unless, it, unless it's, like, absolutely terrible to watch, I think he probably makes it through at least the end of the year. But I also don't think – like, I think it's, like – he has like this finite time where it's like you have like one more year. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think there's another yeah. year coming after that. Yeah. I think it's like you're, even if even if they do get to the play in and they win a playing game or something, I do mm-hmm. think it's still. I think it's like I don't. You're not the guy. I think he's going to be done at the end of yeah. next year, almost guaranteed. It's almost weird because for me, it's like okay, if they make it to the play in, right? Which I think is probably best case. Best case scenario for this business team is they squeak into the playoffs and get demolished by Milwaukee. That's probably the best case scenario right yeah. now, right? Is that you see a massive jump, mm-hmm. right? Where now you're kind of getting competitive into the top half of the East, but you're clearly not ready yet to take that next step into championship contention. Yeah. Um, but. Barring that, and, and the funny thing is, like, I think even if they get to the plan, I don't necessarily know, like, you're saying that if he's safe, because it's like, okay, yeah, you got you got there, but, like, when I think it's almost worse for them to get there, because if you play a team like Milwaukee or somebody who is far and away better than you right now, and you see the differences, mm-hmm. and you go, oh, we're not close. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it goes back to that conversation we've had previously, where it's like, man, you see really good basketball teams, and you go... Yeah, we're not. We're, it's fun. We're, there's excitement in the air, but we're not. We're not there yet. It's the same thing with hockey, right? Where you look and go, "Oh, Colorado is just phenomenal at mm-hmm. hockey right now," and the Wings are clearly not no. Colorado. Yeah. I think that if you see that for a four game, maybe they squeak one out. They win one. You go to five, whatever, and you go, "Yeah, they're doing something way different than what we're doing," mm-hmm. and it's not the same. You know what yeah. I mean? From a tempo, from a schematic standpoint, I get it. You have Giannis, but. You know, you have your own, ver- you have your versions of your best players as well. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think that Dwayne Casey is going to be long for this world. I think he's, I think he was the perfect coach for the time that they went into. Mm-hmm. But I think it, we're getting to a point now where you're adding more talent. It's pretty much abundantly clear that I don't think he fits the current meta of the NBA. I guess is the best way. No, and I don't think he like ever really fit the the yeah. model of what the NBA was ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think his Toronto years were very, like, I know he won coach of the year, but I never looked at Toronto as like, oh, this team is just yeah, there. Amazing. Like, I never thought that, like, ever. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I guess I'm just not as high on Dwayne Casey as mm-hmm. other people are. So, I just kind of. I, I was excited when he got hired because I was like, this is the perfect guy. Well, no, he's, yeah, he's yeah. perfect, like, developmental yeah. and, like, teacher guy. Yeah. But, like, in terms of, like, going to go win anything, I'm like, mm-hmm. this is not the guy I want to go right. into a seven-game he war with the, the Bucks. He is the Ron Gardenhire of the Pistons, where Ron Gardenhire was brought into the Tigers knowing we're going to go through a massive rebuild here. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to be a thing. And Ron Gardenhire, you look at his numbers from a, from a Tigers standpoint, and you go, well, they didn't win a lot of games. But the progress was made, and there was a yeah. reason why he was hired. It wasn't to win games. It was to develop. Mm-hmm. It was to teach these guys how to be a pro. And I think that that's what Dwayne Casey is doing. But I think it's going to get to a point here sooner rather than later where you go, that's great. we got to start winning some ball games mm-hmm. because – you know, the patience is always so long. And you got to start paying some of these guys pretty soon. Shadik Bay is going to be due some money pretty soon. You know, you got to figure out if you're bringing Killian Hayes back. What are you doing with Isaiah Stewart? Mm-hmm. Kate Cunningham's only got two more years on a rookie deal before you got to yeah. fork over that max contract. So moves are going to be made. You're going to invest a ton of money next year in free agency. There's going to be things where you have to go, all right, now is the time. It's either now or never. Mm-hmm. So, and you have to decide that. So, just want to get your take on that because I do think seeing the Summer League team play. It's very much like, oh, yeah, this is not what 
we're going to see in a couple months. No, it's not. <laughs> probably not. You know? Unless Ivy starts, so then you maybe just he's taking, Maybe he's taking some notes and being like, maybe we should be running a little more run and gun and yeah. a little less. And here's the thing, too. I know that they want to play really good defense and everything, but would you rather have their style be where maybe we're giving up a little more points, but we're also scoring more points yes. rather than let's try to slow the game down? Yeah, I'm, so, yeah, that's, that's my thing is I'm yeah. sorry, you can't win – holding a team to 84 points yeah, anymore. It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. Like, the 2004 Piston method, it's, an, liter- it's literally impossible to do now yeah. because you have – you could be – because that's what the Cavs try to do with the Warriors was, all right, we're going to slow possessions down. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to just yeah, we're gonna slow limit, it, yeah. limit everything down. And when you play a team like the Warriors who could just make four threes in a row, you're just <laughs> – you know, you're – you're okay, it's, yeah. it's a 25-25 game in the second quarter. Okay, we're doing good. They make three threes in a row. Now you're down ten, yeah, like yeah. just like that, exactly. and there's nothing you can do about exactly. it. Even the, with good defense, yeah, even, even with good defense, they yeah. still make shots. So mm-hmm. um, it's also just because you can't hand check or you can't really do anything on well, defense anymore. The so it's like shifted offensively. Yeah, right? you so, can't guard the way you could 10, 15, yeah. 20 years ago. I think if I mean I think if this team was ten or fifteen years ago, I do think you mm-hmm. could play that defensive style because mm-hmm. they are physical and strong. Yeah, but. With how the NBA is now, like even guys not like Gian, Gian, like you're not gonna slow Kevin Durant down. No, with your defense, mm-hmm. so you have to score with them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I get the idea of having all these great three and D guys, yep. but at the end of the day, you have to be able to consistently put up 110 you got, points. You gotta make the threes. <laughs> yeah, like you have to put up 110 points. You gotta find 110 points every game, mm-hmm. or else you're not gonna you're not gonna win one or two playoff games with less than yeah. 105 points. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's the often. part, right, that I think that as is a little bit concerning because they do, they play, you know, high character guys, high effort, high defensive guys. And I do think when they get to the playoffs, I think that's going to help them quite a bit. It's not going to help in the regular season because no. every team is like, all right, well, we lost to the Pistons today. That's okay. And we're just going to go out and win the next five doing what yeah. we do. And you don't have the spot up shooting like a Golden State does where – you can just go. Okay, we canceled the game because our position, our possessions matter more. Yeah, because I think, we're we're having. And I think games. a perfect example of that is Boston, where I think mm-hmm. the Boston was good in the regular season. Yeah. they don't score a crazy ton amount of points, mm-hmm. but when the playoffs come, yes, their defense is really good and it helps stifle teams. Yeah. but then you play the Warriors yeah. and you're trying to just play this defense. All right, we're gonna keep it to 100, mm-hmm. and the Warriors are like, no, we're scoring 120 no matter what. Yeah. and it's like now oh, we just can't keep up because we don't have the offense. Boston's biggest problem was well, one was Jason. Tatum just turning the ball over every single time down the court. <laughs> but also, the, other than that, was just the inability to score in stretches. They would yes. go like five minutes without yeah. scoring. The Pistons, I feel like, are going to have that exact issue. Yes, I is they're going to go because four or five minutes because they don't have, have, have sh- those spot up shooters. Yeah, they don't. Have they're going to trust Ivy and K yeah. to go to the rim and yeah. Shadik Bay to try to hit these threes. And if they're not falling that day, mm-hmm. right? It's it's the it's the and especially when you have guys like Kate and Ivy, where it's like. Like Cade on a drive is a mismatch. He's a big dude. This mm-hmm. dude's six six. He's a big mf'er. He's, okay? he's Luca. Yeah, he's a guard. big. Yeah. yeah, and I think he's actually more athletic than he's Luka a lot is. more athletic. So, than Luka. with that being said, right, him being able to have to be able to drive and dish has to be part of your offense, mm-hmm. right? But you don't have guys outside of Shadik that can consistently, and even then, that's shaky to do that. So you have to be able to leverage some of this fast running gun. You have to be able to find the easy points we can get them. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, if you're going to put so much value on your defense, that's fine. But what happens when Durant goes six for six in the first seven minutes of the game and you go, 
Oh, we play great defense. Oh, okay, doesn't great. Matter. But that doesn't matter. You you have to match that. Yeah. And so those are the situations where I go, that's where I feel like from a coaching perspective, the Pistons are a little bit of a step behind because they go, how do we how do we match that? How yeah. do we figure that out? We haven't figured out how to kind of get there yet. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's use your youth. Use the ability to be like, hey, listen, we got four or five guys yeah. that can play 39 minutes a night yeah. and aren't tired the next day. Exactly. Then you start yeah. using that yeah. until they get more refined as basketball players mm-hmm. and less as athletes. Yeah, you you have a legitimate nine-year window yeah. before any of these guys hit 30 yeah. where if you hit the playoffs, you can play people 42 minutes. Mm-hmm. And just be like, all right, that was cool. That was fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. two yeah. days later, Let's they can go. step right back in and exactly. play. Exactly. So exactly. they, they have to take advantage of that. Because once all these guys hit their max steals and they all hit 28, 29, it's like yeah, they okay. can't do that. You got exactly. you, you got to get a deeper And that's where then. you got to have that coach in place where you go, all right, how do we how do we accentuate the positives, hide the negatives, right? How do we – at that point, you're hoping they've developed as shooters. You're hoping they've developed more as basketball players, mm-hmm. less as just straight athletes. Jalen Duran is a NBA player because he's a freak athlete. Yeah. There's no shot there. No. But he's, he can jump out the roof. He's can you know he can get the oop and throw it down. That's mm-hmm. what he can, and he can block yeah. shots. Yeah, that's okay for right yeah. now. But at the time, he's gonna have to develop some stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, we see it with Isaiah Stewart. So I'm just very curious to kind of see where your thoughts were on Dwayne Casey going into the season because I think it's kind of getting to the point where there's a little bit of some murmurs where it's like mm, maybe you don't fit what we're gonna be, yeah. what we're gonna have to do to win basketball games. All right, let's shift focus here a little bit. I got a wrestling question for you, Mike, and this mm-hmm. is something that you didn't know going on air. There's a um, lot. On there's the a show lot you don't know going on air today, and that's why I like I keep you on your toes okay. every once in a while. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of talk recently. Um, you know, we're we're about halfway through, or over halfway through the year now, right? And you know, we we hear a lot when we see a good match, something like that, and you go, "Man, this guy's on fire. This team's on fire. These guys are on fire." So I want to ask you, Mike, okay. right here, right now, as of July 10th, the day that we're recording this, um, give me your top three professional wrestlers in the world right now just in general just in general but here's the criteria right okay Okay, here's criteria you got to think of character development match quality right and overall impact for their individual promotion okay so i'm I'm letting letting this for everybody right so you can anybody you want doesn't doesn't have to be wwe and AEW. can be anywhere you want right and also, I'm going to put a fourth one there. He had to have actually wrestled in July. <laughs> so you can't put Kenny in here. Sorry, you can't. You can't. I, w- I yeah. wouldn't put him in okay. there anyway. But he, yes. he had to have actually wrestled this year. Okay. Give me your top three guys. Okay. I have one Starting more. at three. I have, I have one more caveat. Okay. okay. Can I combine two people if they were a tag team? Uh, or do yes. they have to be individual people? Yeah, I'll, I'll say I can, top I, three acts. Okay, because I was going to say, I could, I could say yep. – three individual people but there is i think a tag team yeah, that's fine that yeah go ahead yeah to- I'll, I'll give you top three okay. acts start at three go to one okay and I, I i need some i need some logic i need some <laughs> i need some proof here okay okay, okay. just be throwing out don't just be throwing out don't, don't, yeah like don't don't <laughs> don't just throw out these random guys yeah. names yeah okay um just because you read an article about them five minutes ago <laughs> Uh, dang, you took my you took my number one. I don't know what you want me to say. Uh, okay, so I have two okay. very blatantly in my head. So okay. now I'm just trying to like talk mm-hmm. and murmur some stuff as I think of a third. Yeah. So I'm, right, I'm going to go in non-specific order okay. until I can think of this third person. Okay. And then I'll give you an order once I get all three. Okay. So my first one I'll bring up, the reason why I asked you for the tag team mm-hmm. is I think FTR okay. is absolutely through the moon right now. Now, yeah. if, if you didn't allow me to pick a tag team, I would have specifically have picked Dax. Yeah. 
because I think his wrestling this year has just been yeah. phenomenal. Like yeah. him and Osprey, him and um, Cash one on one. Him and Cash was great, but him and that just that whole tournament that he went on mm-hmm. uh, for the interim title thing, like yeah, him and Adam Cole, him and Adam Cole and stuff. Like he was just he's just been banging singles matches. Mm-hmm. But I think as a tag team, yeah. I think FTR has like shown like they leave WWE. And everyone's like, yeah, they're, like, really good. Yeah. But, like, you know, what's... And I even what's, think their first year in AEW was like, okay, they won the titles. And yeah. they lost them right away. You're like, okay. Yeah. And, then, and they were on TV for a while after that. But this you know, this hurt, this right? recent, like, six months yeah. where they win the Ring of Honor tag titles from the Briscoes. Mm-hmm. Already triple A tag champs. They were already triple A tag champs. Yeah. And then they go in uh, Forbidden Door and win the IWGP tag champs. Mm-hmm. And now you're, you're they're sitting set, around. You're setting, you're just set, you're setting up. Yeah this ginormous all-out match that you know for sure you're going to be getting yes. because the Bucks have been setting it up too mm-hmm. where you're just going to get Young Bucks, FTR. They both have won one, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, at yes. this point in AEW. They, yeah. They're one and one. So this is like the third. This is like the final mm-hmm. encounter. With all the belts, With all the belts the are going to be in yeah. the middle of the ring. You know it's just going to be just the greatest yeah. thing ever. And FTR, I think it's the bigger reason why it's a bigger match Absolutely. than what the Bucks are doing. Absolutely. I think the Bucks are phenomenal. Yeah. But I think FTR is just. I'm on gonna be honest with The Bucks haven't changed this year. They've been the no, same they've been yeah. They're yeah. the same heel they tag team. FTR has just transcended yeah. what okay. they've been doing. Right, so, so FTR what? is. Right. You could say Dex individually, but I'm gonna say FTR yeah, as a group. I, I, I don't think it's fair to there. leave Cash out of that. I think he's a very important part of the tag team. You know? Yeah. So I, I I could totally believe that. Sure. Um, I think my I think the the biggest improvement guy mm-hmm. I've seen this year mm-hmm. that we talked about i think will osprey okay i think in terms okay. of biggest yeah. character development because okay. i think i think you're big i've always liked will osprey since yeah. i have way too. back to I, way, I, way back yeah. when whenever right. but i think your biggest problem with will osprey is he was like well he has no character yeah he's just this flippy dippy guy right. who does who has really cool five-star matches stepping up into that heavyweight division yeah I, you need more than just to be able to just Flip out, flip out, and building. Yeah, and Everybody's I think, done it. and I yeah. think the cool thing that Osprey brings yeah. that not a lot of people can bring mm-hmm. is with his style. Now he's a heavy hitter mm-hmm. who also can then go yeah. into the flips. Exactly, and like exactly. so, like it makes it look that much more devastating when he does pull out an Oz cutter out of nowhere and you go, yeah. damn. Yeah, or like when he's off. just beating the crap, like when he's just. Mm-hmm. Beating the crap out of Okada, Okada throws him at the rope, and he does the handspring oh, yeah. and do like a kick or something. Mm-hmm. And you go, that's something that none of the other heavyweights can bring out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That now he has the junior abilities yeah. that transforms into oh, now yeah. he's just this buff dude who's this heelish guy, yep. and he's just beating the crap out of you while also can just flip out of the gym. Yep. So I think Will Ospreay, I think okay. in terms of the furthest development that he's had in the mm-hmm. last year, I think Will Ospreay's probably developed yeah. the most in the For past sure. year. And I think um, the guy who's been on top the longest is Roman Reigns. Okay. I think he is probably, in terms of character, now I will say his character has been slightly stale for me for the yeah. last couple months. Yeah. There's really not much more you can really do with the character, I don't think. No. Unless they really pull something out of their butt and just no, like, change a lot. But, but they're kind of, and which and I think the one nice thing that they're doing with Reigns is taking him off TV every week now. Which is so weird to say, right? I was about to say, like, oh, they're actually doing, I think they're helping They're the helping the character because longevity I think his character has gotten to a point now where it's like, I don't need to be on TV every week. Exactly. I can just come up. Because when it comes, it, yeah, like, he gets advertised for his Monday Night Raw six-man tag with yeah. the Usos and Riddle and all these guys. Mm-hmm. And now it's going to be like, shit, Reigns 
Reigns is going to be on this yeah, week. Exactly. Got to go watch it yeah. now. So I think Reigns has got just gotten to that point where I think he is. I mean, WWE helps, but he is probably the biggest name oh, yeah. out there yeah. right now. Yeah. And yep. I think Kenny was the only one that was like close to that. And I think Moxley is the only other person that's like mm-hmm. even in the stratosphere of like where okay. Reigns is. I mean, obviously Okada's like yeah, yeah, yeah. In, from Japan style and like Tanahashi, but I think like yeah. Moxley's the only one that's like in that hemisphere with Reigns. Okay. And so I think my three would be FTR from like yep. from specifically a tag team perspective. Yep. Um, Wallace from the biggest character development in the last year mm-hmm. and Reigns just being as dominant as he's been for the last two years yeah. would be my three. All right, that's that's a that's a good top three. I can't argue with that. I would actually kind of agree with you on the FTR one. I think FTR has quite literally changed from being a really good tag team that you know can put on good matches to they're the main event. Yes. And that and that is huge. And the, and the crazy part is is when you get to all out yeah, we have not had a pay per view yet yeah. where the world title wasn't the yeah. main main event, yeah. and I think unfortunately, I think if Punk comes back, that's why I was that's and, but that that's like man, that's the Moxley big debate Punk, is title versus title, or you have Bucks, Bucks FTR where there's like five, five titles, titles uh, and they just have all in the middle ring yeah. and they do best two out of three or something. Yeah. And it's like I think we we can sit here on that Sunday before and, and have a strong debate oh, of okay, which one would you put on last? Yes, agreed. And Agreed. I think that's I think that's why FTR is so good because I don't think I think the only other time we've even had the discussion that the world title wouldn't main event a show mm-hmm. is when Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker were doing their thing yeah. back in like yeah. by Revolution because time because it was a because, little bit of a lesser uh, yeah because the yeah. world title like we knew it was Adam Cole and we yeah. knew kind of what was going to happen right and, and there was much build and there yeah. wasn't a lot of build this that feud had a long build mm-hmm. but like I think all out we can legitimately sit there and go would you rather see FTR Young Bucks two out of three main event mm-hmm. or would you rather get punk first moxley title for title yeah. i think right. we legitimately could sit here and go i don't know which one would main event mm-hmm. so yeah. i think in terms of that ftr yeah. being on that level yeah. ftr has to be in the top three yeah i think i think ftr is my number three as of this writing uh i'm gonna say number two um i'm gonna say number two is cody um because uh, for a couple reasons number one i think he's the i think a i think he made the biggest buzz just yes. basically throughout the year, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody can touch the momentum that he has been on. I think also, I think even in his short WWE run since he's come back, right, I think he's done two things. I think, number one, he's already become the number one babyface. Mm-hmm. And then, two, I think he has delivered now a moment mm-hmm. that is going to be talked about for a very long time. And you know when he comes back, it's going to be – it's going to be all over. Mm-hmm. It, 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 he's going to ascend to the top, and, it, and there's no looking back, right? Like, yeah. In, in, a, in a weird kind of way, this injury almost helps because having the injury, going through what he went through, winning, leaving, and now you just have to wait and simmer, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that boiling pot of water. You're just waiting for everything just to explode. That's where Cody's at right now. And I think that him being a fresh face in the main event – of the biggest company in the world coming back to do it. Mm-hmm. This feels like for me, it's like when he left and he went to ring of honor and mm-hmm. everybody went, what, what's going to happen? Yeah. Right. And he won the world title there and he took business to a whole different level for them. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he's going to do for WWE yeah. long-term. I really do. I think that he is from a character perspective. I don't think there's many people who can touch him. There's a select few. I think from an in ring work perspective, I think he's always been great. And I think that, 
getting he is one of the few guys in the industry currently where you can have him feuds against somebody and similar um you know to a very few guys ever he can talk you into the building mm -hmm. and i think that can't be overlooked especially now today's world where everyone is looking for the next thing mm -hmm. i think him being able to go it's like when uh it's like when you know like uh moxley and kingston had their feud where they did a lot of really good mic work mm -hmm. right where it's like okay i know moxley's gonna beat kingston for the title but they talked me into wanting to see the match because of what they did in their promos right mm -hmm. i think cody has that ability and i think cody's impact on business since going to wwe i think has really kind of put him i think it's put him on another level than a lot of other guys yeah. as of this year i do think something about cody yeah. is i think for the first time in a long time mm -hmm. i'm actually excited yeah. for a babyface champion yes because i think yes. that they could book him in the way his the way that he can just like yep just start crying on command, on command. always gotta be like dusty tears yeah like, <laughs> that, it's like the craziest thing so he'll come out the yeah. monday after he wins the title yeah tear just oh, he's gonna, out oh my God, he's gonna, and everyone's gonna almost gonna be 40 minutes because he's not gonna get his words yeah out. and he's yep. everyone's gonna be balling with him yeah and then whoever comes like mcintyre whoever oh, yeah. comes out and attacks him biggest heel, ever biggest heel of all time yeah and then the entire build to that to that yeah. next match is going to be I can't believe yeah. with like tears in his eye every single time oh, yeah. and it's just the way that he can just cry and just it's just so investing exactly the way his like emotion yes. and it's just like because like, like Cena did in a weird way where it was like I just want to watch Cena get beat up yeah when, or it's oh Cena's like you knew when Cena came out there the different tone and you knew it's like oh this is serious like yeah. when he would talk about Randy Orton he would come from be like the champ is here to I'm going to talk very slowly Yes. Talk like that. And you knew, oh, oh it's, it's serious. It's on. Yeah. It's on. But like now. Cody does the same yeah. thing where he talks mm -hmm. normally, but he gets into like a crying yeah. stage. Absolutely. Where like you just go, oh my God. I'm so overcome with emotion because he cares so, so much. much. And I think that speaks, especially to the the loud minority of internet fans, mm -hmm. right? Where they're like, everyone's like, see, like, yes, like that's what I want, right? I yeah. want to feel like you care as much as I care. Yeah, right? exactly. And so that's what I'm saying is that I just feel like he. He talks you in to wanting to see him and yeah. to, by virtue, buying or watching the pay-per-view. Yeah. That is a skill that so few people nowadays have. That's like when Cena comes back and he delivers a promo just about saying thank you. And you're like, God, I just missed John Cena. Yeah. Because he could do that. Edge can do that, right? Jericho can do that. Moxley can do I think Brian can do that. Like, there's certain guys that you just go – all right, I guess I'm in, yeah. you know what I mean? And now I have to watch it because now I'm excited and now I have to watch it. So yeah. Cody's career resurgence um, in in WWE especially, making the move, I don't think there was anybody bigger who could have made the jump over or back to WWE. I think yeah, not is, back. No. no is I, I, I don't think it can be understated. And then when he comes back, I think you're really going to be like, oh, boy, we got a whole another level mm -hmm. here of, of massive amounts of like, oh, boy, here we go. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think the top guy right now is still Roman. Um, I think Roman has now ascended to a point where he is at the level that John Cena was. Now, John Cena is the greatest ever, like from a business standpoint, from a longevity. No one's going to touch Cena. But I think right now – this is peak Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. We're never going to see Roman any better than right now. No, it's it's never going to be a thing. The promo works. The character works. The booking, I think, has helped. Now, I understand people are upset, and I don't. I can both I think we both can agree that we're not real thrilled with Brock Reigns eighty seven. I'm necessarily not thrilled with that, but we're we're getting to the point 
where he is getting to that. When, what I mean by that Cena level is that when he loses, it skyrockets that guy. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't think anyone's excited about Brock because Brock is already kind of there as well. Brock can win, lose. It doesn't matter. He's Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Roman is now at that point where if you see a guy like Cody beat him in the middle of the ring, one, two, three, that's a massive moment. That's a moment, right? Mm-hmm. When Cena lost to Kevin Owens, everybody went, holy crap, yeah. he just beat John Cena. That's where Roman Reigns is at this point. Roman Reigns is the is the best overall wrestler when it comes to presentation, longevity, character development, in-ring work, and the machine being on top, everything behind him. Mm-hmm. He's just different right now. He just is. It's just, I, I mean, you, you know, you can say other guys have better in-ring work. I'm not going to argue with you. You can say other people individually have better promos. Maybe fine. But the total package, mm-hmm. you can't touch him right now. You yeah. just can't. You can't. Not right now. Like I said, I would agree with you. I think Kenny's run, I think, is going to be looked on much more favorably now that it's done yes. than when it was going on currently. Because COVID, I think, really, I wish Kenny was champion now. Yes. with crowds because I think it would have been a totally different feel oh, for it would be Kenny's awesome. run. Yeah. Exactly. I do, and I do think it sucked that Punk got his injury because I do think yes. this, a Punk run right now yes. would be awesome I too. I agree with you. And yeah. I think Punk's run would be a little below Reigns. Yes. But I think it's like Punk's at that point where it's like almost untouchable where it's like it's yeah. very hard the, to pull the win off of Punk right now. Yeah, exactly. But I do think that they were smart on keeping the title on him and doing this interim thing because then you make a bigger match with him and Moxley. Oh, no, 1,000%. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. they shouldn't have just been like, oh, we'll just wait vacate. for you to come back. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's no vacate. Just, yeah, I'm cool with the title. For the title. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's awesome. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I'm in agreement with But right now, yeah, I, I think it's funny. As many injuries as we've had, there's still so many guys that you can literally cherry pick out and you can go, oh, yep, yep, he's on fire. Mm-hmm. He's on fire. He, you can even go to the lower level. Like it, Matt Cardona, mm-hmm. I mean, you could easily say right now, is the hottest wrestler in the world not working for WWE or AEW. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that's a very hard stretch before his injury. I don't yeah. I don't think you can say that. So there's so many guys you can, you can cherry pick, but then you look at the injuries and you go, man, that laundry list injury is really... Yeah. Putting a damper on things. So I just wanted to get your kind of, you know, we're halfway through the year now. I wanted to get your your thoughts. And we'll revisit this, you know, post all the big shows and everything at the end of the year. But mm-hmm. um, very interested to see yeah. kind of how that Yeah, once, once Survivor Series hits, oh, we'll talk. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and who'd Roman be? Who cares? Um, yeah, he fought himself because yeah. <laughs> he's champion for champion. <laughs> he fought himself. That's great. He fought it. It was weird. Superman punch on Superman punch. And yeah. He kicked out and but he didn't kick out. Yeah. It was wild. I oh just don't God. remember. It's crazy. Um, anybody else we forget there on that list you think that should have been at least noted? Um, I wanted to put like Jay White, but he just got it. So I'm waiting. Like I think yeah. next year. I think, I mean, I think, like, oh, I think Jay if White's. you, if you went right outside of the top three, I think yeah. Moxley's probably right there. I would agree with you. Um, yep. Moxley. And if I had to name a five, it would probably be like, let me get someone from like, I don't know, punk. Yeah, I Probably. think yeah, punk's pretty good. Punk, yeah. punk, Moxley, like those guys. I think I could or, put the Usos in there. Yeah, I I thought about it. The yeah. only thing with the Usos is when Reigns is in there, I'm yeah. not as invested. Like yeah. I don't think they do it as I much. Could, you know who you could put like as a low if you key, if you like, went like the Bloodline as a yeah. group. Oh yeah, I'd be like yes. I think you could put low key before the injury though. I think you could put Riddle and Orton. 
as, yeah. a, as a big MVP type guys yeah. for them right now. Them and them and like Osprey for me mm-hmm. are like the biggest yeah. developmental. Yeah. like I think Riddle especially. I think you've seen a massive shoot up yeah. the board where you go, oh maybe maybe mm-hmm. there's more there than just him being you yeah know, just being this guy yeah, yeah for sure. All right, second unknown question today. We're shifting focus here. No more wrestling talk. We're talking Michigan football. So I'm going to set the stage for you, Mike, okay, because. I got into this conversation with some family members over the last week, and it's it, we reached the same conclusion, but they want it one way, and I don't think it's going to happen that way. So, can we both agree, okay, okay, just to start off here, who do you think should be starting for Michigan at quarterback? Who should be? Yeah, who well, do you think should be? Uh, to start the year, yes. Cade McNamara. Okay. Is this where we're going to disagree okay. hard? No, 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 no. Okay, so... The argument for a lot of Michigan fans, I think, right now is is that J.J. McCarthy should be starting. He's the better quarterback. He should be playing. He, he fits the offense better, blah, blah, blah. Okay? Mm-hmm. I have made it known that I, I don't necessarily disagree with that thought. I think J.J. McCarthy is the better quarterback. Better arm talent, more yes. athletic. He's will, the better player. I 1,000 agree, yeah. Okay. But I also don't agree with when you look at what Cade McNamara did last year. And he got them to the Final Four. Won a Big Ten title. Beat Ohio State. You can't just then give the job to J.J. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. Yes. And the contention that I had with, with some of my family members, well, he looked really good in that second half of Georgia where he looked like he ran the offense. And I go, that's great. I understand that. But what coach has ever got the balls to go, hey, Guy that's our fifth year senior, been starting last year. You got you beat Ohio State for the first time, won her first Big Ten title in forever. Yeah, you're not good enough anymore. You don't even get to go into the season as the starter because we're potentially afraid that either this guy's going to transfer or that he's like, well, he's just better than you. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I just don't think you can do that. I think McCarthy is going to wind up taking the job, right? Mm hmm. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on McNamara so, starting and whether or not you think McCarthy should just be starting outright. Because that's some of the mind right now, the thought behind so, the So, yeah. So, my my ideology through that is yeah. I do think J.J. McCarthy is just loads. I has, do, too. I think he has loads more potential. Yes. I think he's a better athlete and I think he's got a better arm. Yes. I think the thing that Cade McNamara brings you mm-hmm. is like – a secure win mm-hmm. is what Cade McNamara gets you. Yeah. My worry for JJ McCarthy is, and and I think we saw it in spurts of the Michigan State and the Ohio State game, yeah. where he makes just boneheaded decisions yeah. sometimes. And I go, he reminds me of early Matthew Stafford. Yes, I can fit in that window. No, no, you, you cannot you, do it's it. Not, I, the, I understand you have a great so arm, but the, the yeah. thing with McNamara is, yeah. I think. Especially the early... Now, I wouldn't be mad if J.J. McCarthy started because if you're playing Hawaii, you should just beat them by 62 points anyway. So even if he throws an interception or two, it's Mm -hmm. not the end of the world. So I wouldn't hate the idea with J.J. McCarthy starting. But Cade McNamara guarantees that you win your first five games. Guarantees that you get through UConn, Mm -hmm. Hawaii, whoever else you play, Rutgers, and Iowa. You, like, guarantee because he's not going to throw three boneheaded interceptions. Mm -hmm. Cade McNamara is going to get you... 220 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. And complete like 65% of his passes. Right. So to me, to be competitive later in the season, mm-hmm. I think Cade McNamara is the better option. Okay. Now, 
I think when you get to Ohio State this year, I think Ohio State is much better than they were last year. Mm-hmm. And I also think Michigan is not much worse, but but worse. Well, you lost than, your you lost, you lost your like three, three great best defensive players. players. Yeah. So you, I think you are worse. So I think in terms of that game, I don't think Cade McNamara is also the guy to take you over the edge and go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put this team on my back, throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns and beat you. Right. I think JG McCarthy has that potential yeah. to do that. Are you concerned at all that if he doesn't get the starting job at some point during the year that he's going to transfer? Well, I do think he will get the starting job at some point during okay. the year. That's why I don't. So, well, I I also don't think he'll transfer because I think Kate. This is Kate's for sure last year. Right. So even if Kate went yeah. on to win a national championship this year, right. Kate's gone after this year. So, so it's all JJ. But my contingent is, like I said, is my only worry is that you're going to play Iowa Week Five, and if JJ McCarthy's in there and it's just a barn burner of a game. JJ McCarthy throws that game losing interception, and now you have no shot at the so like, at the college football play, or you have no shot at Ohio State, or no shot at anything. Right. Where I think Cade McNamara almost solidifies that you win your first five six games. So, I've always looked at this situation for for both sides, right? And it's interesting. I don't necessarily like Cade McNamara. I think he's I don't, I don't I think either. He's a I think game manager. He's a game manager, and he's bad with the deep ball. Exactly. So, and I do think they have the offensive weapons this year. To really be explosive on offense. Yes. Like, really, really good This on year offense. and next it, year. Probably, right. So, in a perfect scenario, this is how, if I was a Michigan fan who wants J.J. McCarthy, who thinks, oh, J.J. McCarthy should just have the starting job. Okay? And I always find it funny that everyone's like, well, Kate McNamara sucks. Why do you want him to start? I, go, I don't want him to start. But it is impossible for Jim Harbaugh to just go out and say, well, J.J. McCarthy is going to be the starter. You can't do it. He's done something that no Michigan quarterback, I don't care if he wasn't part of it or not. Guys have won Super Bowls being the worst player on their offense. Guess mm-hmm. what? You can't just take away the job. It doesn't if, work. If if It if, sends a bad if, message. If you were on the Lions yeah. and you had Goff yep. and you had uh, Russell Wilson yep. and Russell Wilson gets hurt yep. and Goff's your backup, yep. Goff wins the Lions a playoff game, the next year, are you just going, Russell Wilson? You're in now, right? It's it's hard. Right. It, it's exactly. very hard to say that, exactly. even though you know one guy is give, much better. I'll give you a perfect example. Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. Tom Brady gets him there. Yeah, and then Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. They didn't bring Drew Bledsoe back. They went, "This is the guy. Mm-hmm. This is it." And they just paid Drew Bledsoe an extension the season before. Mm-hmm. You cannot. It sends a bad message. And I understand it's like, well, he's the better player. I don't even – I don't disagree. No, I don't. I don't. But you cannot say, hey, thanks for doing that. You're still not going to be the starter because we think that this guy is better than you. And you can't even say necessarily he gives you a better chance to win right away because he still has to learn. In my perfect world, if you are a Michigan fan that is dying to see J.J. McCarthy be the guy, who I think at some point will be the guy. The perfect world for you was Cade McNamara struggles early. In those first five games, yeah. we get into a situation where against Iowa, we're only up 17-13. He throws a bad pick to end the first half or to end the third quarter going in. They score, they take the lead, and Harbaugh makes the switch. McCarthy goes down. That You win the game. Whether it's because of McCarthy or not, it doesn't matter. You win the game. That is enough to give McCarthy the job. Yes. And then you roll with him the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. That is your perfect scenario because I just don't think, especially because McCarthy got hurt too. New offensive coordinator, so new schemes or coordinators. I don't know how the hell they're doing it now, mm-hmm. 
right? Because Gaddis is gone. I just don't think that you can just right away just be like, well, McCarthy looked good in the second half of the Georgia game, so that's why we should give him the job. I don't know if anybody watched the Georgia game. The game was over at halftime. Yeah. So who gave a shit what the hell McCarthy I, looked like? And the, the two plays that stick out in my mind are the Michigan State play where he fumbled the yep. snap yep. And, and gave Michigan State the well, ball back. And that's the thing is, like, well, he wasn't put in a position to succeed. I go, yeah, but he's the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You're the best. You're supposed to be the best player on the field. Mm-hmm. You have to keep that shit in check. Yeah. And he also had the fumble against Ohio State, which he got the ball back. Thankfully. But it's like it's like if Ohio State gets that ball and goes and scores, now what? Now, now what are you gonna do? Right. So exactly. those are, those are the few circumstances where, or even even to a lesser extent, he threw that awesome ball against Western Michigan in Week mm-hmm. One yeah. that just randomly like floated way too long over the guy's head. But I was like, that was a terrible decision. Yeah. I know McCarthy's like, I can make this throw, yeah. but he threw it. He was running re- right, threw it across the field to the other hash mark. And just because he can throw it really far, if that's Michigan State, there's three guys over there picking yeah, that ball okay. off. Yeah. So I just look at McCarthy going, I'm just worried about some of his decision-making because he, like in high school, he's this five-star. I can throw the ball anywhere. Well, you're the best player, you're by, the best far. player by far. You're playing against kids who are now in accounting classes. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I, I just get worried where I know Cade McNamara can sit there and go, I'm just not going to throw this interception because that's what he did all yeah. year last year was he did make the big mistake. I don't, I I'm don't, worried for J.J. McCarthy for that reason. I don't think that as much I, – I was frustrated with Cade, especially early on. I was like, God, this does not look good. But to his credit, they looked better. And, they, yeah, they ran the ball effectively. That's how they won the game against Ohio State. I'm not saying Cade McNamara no, he went out yeah. and blew the doors off Ohio State. But here's what I will say. Did he lose you the game? Did he will? Did, did he yeah. will spate that yeah. and throw that did, pick six he, at your own six yeah. yard line? Did he I don't think put so. You, now he threw a bad pick early in that game. Yep. And and but here's the thing, did he put you in position to win the football game? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Yeah. The answer is yes. Yeah. That's the end. Of and it. I do think there was part of me saying um, during that Georgia game where I was like, I wouldn't be shocked if they go down 10-0, JJ McCarthy goes in that game. Right. Because I think JJ McCarthy gives you the potential and the yes. upside to go, let me go into a shootout with you guys. And that's the and that's the thing. I think Which is where yeah. what to your point, mm-hmm. I think that's where you will see JJ yep. McCarthy play this year. Is they're gonna be playing Michigan State or something mm-hmm. and you're gonna be down seven at halftime. It's gonna be we need the spark. JJ, go in, see what happens. Right. See if you can pull off this miracle I thing. I think people tend to – I think you like to look at revisionist history a little bit. I like JJ McCarthy. I think he could be a stud. I think he could be a guy where you give him one season, he throws 50 touchdowns, he's a first-round pick. Like, yeah. I do think he has yeah, that he has level that potential. of potential. Absolutely. I'm just – at this point, taking all of that out of it, just the optics of it. Like, no – like, everyone goes back, likes to throw in, well, Nick Saban did it in the national championship game. I go, yeah, and then he did it again, where he pulled two again. Yeah. For Jalen Hurts. Yeah. They did the flip-flop again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not necessarily because Tua was the better quarterback. It's, well, Jalen's not getting it done. Mm-hmm. And Tua got it done. So we're going to give Tua the nod, which is what happened. That's like that's like saying, okay, Tua won a national championship. Yeah, but Jalen Hurts is our starter. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't yeah. do it. Kate, the guy who under center for you got you a Big Ten title victory and a victory over Ohio State. Name the last quarterback to do that. I can list a whole bunch who didn't do it. Chad Henney, uh, Ryan Mallett, Tate Forstier, Denard Robinson, Wilton Spate, Devin Gardner. Um, who was the quarterback after them? Uh, what was the one guy that got the transfer the first year? That um, Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson. The guy, Jake Rudock. Mm-hmm. There's so many guys that you can point point and go, well, I mean, blah, 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 blah. But the reality is that they didn't win. You didn't do it. You didn't get it done. So – 
I'm not a K. I'm not trying to defend Cade McNamara. I'm not trying to say that he is the guy who's going to win you a national championship. What I am saying is that you cannot just pull the guy because you liked what you saw out of another one mm-hmm. for a half a game that was already over. Mm-hmm. I I think that JJ is going to take over, and I hope to God that he plays awesome mm-hmm. and we win a national title. Great, but you can't just right out the gate say, "Well, you're, we're just going to give him the job." You've got no, you have no tape. You have nothing to tell you that he is going to make your football team more successful. Yeah. They make it more exciting, but it doesn't mean you're going to win yeah. more football games. Yeah, if you if you did a blind reveal, yeah. Yeah. everyone on earth would pick Cade McNamara. Yeah. Like if you put two dark pictures and went, this person beat Ohio State, yep. won the national. Put the resumes up there. Put the resumes up there. Yeah. J.J. McCarthy played yeah. partially in yeah. like four games. Right. Which one do you take? Right. Everyone's going to pick Cade in a blind reveal. But Even everyone, if you put in there, look really, really bad against Georgia, look really good, good against, against Georgia. Georgia. Okay, but wait, how did you get to play Georgia? Well, this guy over here won the game to get all the way. to get everything. Uh, I probably want that guy. Yeah. I just, you know, like I said, in a perfect scenario, Cade struggles yeah. early where you're not putting – they should be putting up 40 points a game these yes. first few games. Yeah. And there's no excuse There's no the excuse. So if they're not and Harbaugh makes the switch – Perfect scenario because then because I would like to see that in the first five games. Cade gets pulled, JJ's in, give him a couple games to work out the kinks and p- play fast, mm-hmm. get confident, go to big time play. Because what happens if Cade or if, if JJ starts against Michigan State and they lose? I don't care if he throws three touchdowns. Yeah. I don't care if he, I, he loses. Yeah, what do you do? What is the difference? Yeah, you're, you're going to sub in Cade then. Exactly. So. It's a very it's a it's a slippery slope. I want I want JJ to play. What if he loses against Hawaii? What if you lose What if you lose to Iowa? Now you're done yeah. because not only did you lose a game, but now you have a Big Ten loss. Like if they lose to Iowa and JJ is the starter, your season's over. Yeah, because you're not beating Michigan State and Ohio State in Ohio State this year. Mm-hmm. Not doing it. Not doing it. Um, and if you do, I'll eat my own shoe because that's that's a pretty tall task. Not to mention, I don't know. I'm sure that they, they got Penn State still, right? Yeah. So you're asking them to go undefeated the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. That's tough, man. That That's tough. really, really tough. And I know that people say, well, if you lose with K, then you should have put JJ in. Sure. But I'm going to take the guy who's at least shown that he can get my team mm-hmm. to the Big Ten title game over the guy that I hope can get me there. Yeah. That's a bit scary. It's a bit scary. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Just want to get your opinion because I do think it's such a fascinating thing because it's. It's one of those situations where it's like, I almost prefer the devil that I know mm-hmm. to the devil that I don't type deal. Mm-hmm. I think it's so similar to the Jared Goff conversation. If Jared Goff wins the if the Lions win the division this year, right? It's like, man, he won the division. You know, like, eh. yeah. You know, do we still go and draft that quarterback, or is he the guy? Mm-hmm. You don't know. You so don't it's know. it's one of those things where it's it's a very tough situation. And I find it funny. Some of the same people that want McNamara gone are the same people like, well, let's give Goff a chance. I go, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. I go, they're both average. Yeah. I think the only <laughs> I think the only problem with Goff's yeah. is there's not like the he guy sitting. Well, no, <laughs> he just he doesn't have that guy sitting behind him that you'd right. rather have. Well, the guy sitting behind him is the quarterback. Yeah. Whatever the future. Yeah, the future quarterback. Mr. Stroud yeah. or yeah. whoever, right? So it's like, do you draft that guy and yeah. take that another risk? Yeah. It's just. I think it would be different if like CJ Stroud was already there. Yeah. And then you're, yeah, or yeah. you had like Trey Lance back there, and it's yeah. like, it's like, all right, like who do we give the nod to? The guy with high well, potential the or the guy you know who can win? It, the Niners are the perfect example. Yeah. 
trade it. They have Trey Lance. They have the shiny new toy, and they're like, "Yeah, but Garoppolo gives us the best chance to win." Mm-hmm. And you go, "All right." I mean, now granted, Garoppolo looked terrible, but mm-hmm. at the end of the year, but you're still in the NFC title game. Yeah, just saying, it's interesting. All right, last topic of the day: NFC West, Mike. Uh, highly, highly competitive division. I can't stress that enough. The defending, reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Matthew Staffords, are in this division. Um, oh, really? Nothing? Not even a smirk on that one, though? I thought that was funny. Nothing? All right, oh, was I supposed to? <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was pulling these up. Sorry. Um, yeah, LA Rams, the defending champions. Their cohorts, the San Francisco 49ers, the team they beat in the NFC Championship game. So two teams that were playing in the last three weeks of the year are in this division. Um, lots of change throughout this division, right? Seattle has no longer has Mr. Russell Wilson. Um, and uh, who's the other team in this division? I'm forgetting. I'm Arizona. And Arizona, who absolutely collapsed and got dog-walked by your Detroit Lions. And Kyler Murray threw the worst interception I've ever seen. So Against the Rams. Not against, against the, the Rams. Oh, yeah, no. He didn't have to throw it against the Rams. He just didn't complete any passes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> didn't have to. Um, lots of intrigue. Lots of sexy star power in this one, Mike. Let's just jump right into it. Okay. So we'll start with the quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, we will. You're damn right we will, baby. Uh, we got Kyler Murray. Boo. We got Stafford. Yeah. We got Drew Locke. Garoppolo. Yeah, for now. And Boo. Geno Smith. Boo. No, you're not really going to have him. No, I think Drew Locke's going to start. I think Geno Smith. But really? You think Geno's going to yeah. start? No way. I think he know, he knows Locke. the system, but sure, Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke. It doesn't matter because they're last, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll throw Trey Lance in there, too, just in case. Sure. Tra- Trey Lance, maybe. Okay. But so they're also third, so it doesn't matter. All right. So starting off, right? So Stafford's number one. Stafford's one. Kyler's two. Yeah. 49ers are three. Yeah. Four. <laughs> Whatever. Who are the quarterbacks? I don't know, but sure. I do think the only reason why I think that Drew Locke's going to get the nod is because they already know what they have in Geno Smith, and it's not anything all that great. Yeah. I think Pete Carroll Loki's like, man, if Drew Locke like plays okay, then I can like, yeah, see Russ. Anybody can do it in this offense. You know what I mean? I think I Loki think there's a little bit yeah. of saltiness there. there like, saltiness. if Drew Locke throws for 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, and 12 picks, he's like, aha, see? Yeah. He's not totally awful. awful. He's just average. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is really any kind of argument, quite frankly. Sorry, no offense to Kyler Murray, but uh, Stafford clearly is the better quarterback. Um, yeah. And he's going to finish pretty much top five in every statistical category by the end of his career, if yeah. I had to guess. So. Um, running backs. We got Arizona's got James Conner and Daryl Williams. I can't believe we just passed over Stafford like that, but it's just so clear cut. <laughs> <laughs> we already said he was number one, Rob. That's what I was going to Rams got Cam Akers and C. Uh, who is that? That's not Daryl Henderson. Henderson. Yes, yeah. Daryl Henderson Jr. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco 49ers have Elijah Mitchell and Jarrett Wilson Jr. Is and Debo Samuel? And not Debo Samuel. And the CLC Hawks have Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, and Kenneth Walker the third. I only had Kenneth Walker because he got drafted in the second round, yeah. so you gotta yep. you throw him in there. Um, so in terms of running backs here. Oof. Wait, who's that? Who's Arizona got? They got James Conner. Who else? Daryl Williams. They don't have Drake anymore. Uh, no. No. Oh, I think he's uh, yeah. yeah. So Daryl Williams from yeah. the Chiefs. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Okay, I got you. Yep. Yeah. Um, so in terms of this, now this one, I feel like it's altered because the offensive line play. 
Yeah. Like, weirdly more than any other division that we've talked about so far. Because yeah. I think the 49ers running backs aren't very good, but yeah, they look well, a lot better well, let's do this. with well, the 49ers. We, let's silo it out, though, to which running backs. Yeah, which running backs I, I would let's rather. Let's just say we, we, have the 15, we have the 16th ranked offensive line. Yeah, which running backs would you rather have here? I'm going to put Seattle 1. Okay. Um, I'm going to put... Um, I like Seattle because of their depth. You know, I, I I like Chris Carson a lot. Yeah. And I think Kenneth Walker's going to uh, be great. K-Makers is two. Yes. Because I just like K-Makers. Yes. And Daryl Henderson's pretty good, too. Yeah, great receiver. But K-Makers is good. Yep. And then I'll go 49ers with Elijah Mitchell and then James Conner's four. But I feel yeah. James Conner's is like kind of underrated. Yeah, I do, too. Um, like, I think this is one of the best running back yes. divisions yes. that I would we agree have with so that. far. Yeah. Um. I, th- I can I can take that. I think that I honestly think the Rams, Niners, and Cards are all really close. I think I think you saw really good Cam Akers, and mm-hmm. I think you saw really bad Cam Akers in the NFC Divisional game. So it's like I think there's a lot of explosiveness there. Yeah, I don't. I think um, the only consistent one is Seattle. I think Seattle. Like Chris yeah, Carson. I, I mean, Rashad Penny's okay, and yeah. Kenneth Walker. We saw I he think did. Chris Michigan Carson State. is a really but good. Chris Carson's back, really good as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah. Kenneth Walker is going to be a. The, dog. the thing with Chris Carson is he has a neck thing, so I don't yeah. even know if he's going to be playing much this year. Right. That's so that's right. why you that's got. That's why they got Kenneth Walker, and that's why they brought back Rashad Penny for a year. So it's one of those things where I would still take Seattle's running back. As long as you get a silo. Yeah, exactly. I like their three that they go with. Correct. And then I like Cam Akers more than the other two. You're going to see them get running work because, yeah, Drew Lockett. Drew Lockett, quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, Okay. We will go to wide receivers. Yes. That's going to be fun. Yeah. So I think this wide receiving crew for everyone is just crazy. This one's a tough one. So Arizona, we got A.J. Green, Marquise Brown, and DeAndre Hopkins. Because he's oh there, God, but he's Hollywood Brown now too. Son yeah. Of a uh, yeah, Rondell Moore is also. Yes. They say he's starting because DeAndre Hopkins is on his six week thing. Yeah, but I'm gonna say DeAndre Hopkins no, counts. That's the right, yeah. So DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, Marquise Brown with Rondell Moore yeah. as a four. Okay. Cooper uh, Rams got Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Allen Robinson the third. Skronik is a fourth. If you want to add a fourth, I and think. then OBJ eight weeks into the and season. OBJ, OBJ will be there in eight <laughs> weeks, but not yet. Um, the 49ers <laughs> have. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and Juwan Jennings. Yeah. There's not really a fourth, so I won't add yeah. a fourth. And then Seattle has DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, mm-hmm. and D. Eskridge. Freddie Swain is like yeah. their fourth. Yeah, so, okay. So, this one is tough. Whew. I really um, thought going into this one, if Seattle was going to win any of the rooms, it was going to be wide receiver. Nah. And then I went, God, Arizona's room is so good. Yeah. I think Arizona's won. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams are two. I would agree with you. But it's Rams think, and Seattle are just. I think it depends on the day. I think, mm-hmm. here's the thing. This is the one position group where it's impossible not to be swayed by who's throwing the football. Yes. Because. If Russell the, Wilson yeah, was there. Exactly. You go, man, him and Lockett alone. That yeah, There's a synergy hard. there where you just go, they just know. Right. Yeah. But I think I think Stafford and Cooper, Cooper Cup took that a too. level of yes. it this year. So, um, knowing the current rosters. If OBJ was on the Rams, I'd put the Rams one. Yes. But because he's not currently on the roster, Van Jefferson is strictly a big play guy. Skoranek is awful. Um, could not be more frustrated with that dude. Almost cost him several games. So, yeah, I would put uh, Arizona at one. I would put Rams at two. Seattle at two A, basically. Yeah. And then um, – 49ers at a close four. Yeah. Because I like – Debo's awesome. Ayuk is underutilized. I and Juwan Jennings kind of came yeah. out at the end of last year. Yeah. They need a solid number three, but they have Kittle, which helps. So, yes. which we'll get to in a second. But yeah, I think that's fair. Um, let me ask you a real question, though. Right? Do you think that who do you think is going to be a better fantasy player this year, Cooper Cup or Allen Robinson? 
And here's why I ask. Uh, Assuming they both play full games, right? Yeah. Because everybody and their mother is going to cover Cooper Cup now. Yes. I think the funny thing is you know if, I mean? you, if, if we're going actually into fantasy, yeah. uh, if we had a full PPR league mm-hmm. – it's Cooper Cup, yeah, because he just gets like ten yeah, catches exactly. every game. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he he gets the screens. Mm-hmm. If you went like, like the ten yards, you get a point or mm-hmm. whatever. I think Allen Robinson probably gets more points. Yeah, isn't that generally weird? through. It. I think Cooper Cup is gonna like. I think people are gonna be like, well, St- like I'm anticipating Stafford to struggle a little bit early on mm-hmm. because I'm hoping that McVay understands that Cup is definitely gonna get double covered now yeah. all year. So Allen Robinson is gonna have to be good for yeah. them, but. But I think like, it's the same thing where I think like I think Tyler Lockett in yeah. PPR is better because he just gets yeah. like the eight catches or whatever. Right. But DK Metcalf gives you like the one or two deep balls. That's yeah. like it's yeah. one catch for eighty yards and a touchdown. You're like, oh, that's just so many points right, right there. Exactly. So yeah. so I think if you went in terms of that, I think that Cooper Cup. Up, by the way, is yeah that Cooper Cup PPR is really yeah. good. But Allen Robinson probably will get you more points overall. Hope he stays healthy. I'd like to see Allen Robinson actually play well. Yeah. Like him. Uh, tight end room. So we got uh, Arizona Cardinals have Zach Ertz and Trey McBride, who they drafted in the last yep. draft. Uh, Rams have basically just Tyler Higby. Let's be real; they don't. I like yeah, they got the other dude too. They got it's Kendall played. Blankton and Bryson Hopkins. And I didn't remember, yeah, sure. Right, sure. Tyler Higby's the guy. Forty yep. um, ers got George Kittle, which is the only guy we really need a name on that one. Yeah. And Seattle has Noah Fant and Will Disley. I'll throw in there because Will Disley's pretty good. Okay, so we're going straight off the top. Kittle's Kittle won by yeah. far. Um, I, I mean, here's the, the hard thing. thing about the rest of them is I think they all are kind of on the same field. The same. Like Noah Fant's a good receiving guy, doesn't block well. Yep. Zegert's blocks well. Kind of. You used to be a good receiving yeah. guy, not as well anymore. Yeah. And Tyler Higby, I guess, is like average right in the middle. Yeah. He's exactly. he's like average he's at blocking. Okay. A, he's okay. Yeah. So like. It, you get one guy who's really good at receiving, one guy who's pretty good at blocking, and one really average right, guy. So How I'm, do you want to break gonna, those I'm up? I'm going to break this down then in terms of the rooms then from the depth because I think Seattle would then be two. Two because, because I think Disley's got, underrated. With Disley helps. Yeah, exactly. And I think Noah Fance is pretty darn good, quite frankly. He's yes. the best athlete for sure. Yes. And I would put actually Arizona three mm-hmm. because they just invested Zachary. It's a Zachary. I mean, he's Zachary. Zachary is fine, but then you get Trey McBride right and behind then, him. So yeah, you I think four is, I think, like you said, I think you could easily go A. I think you could go two. A, 2B, 2C, yeah. depending on the day. Yes. I really do think you could. But yeah. I do think the Rams, from a talent perspective alone, I think are the worst because in, their in room the is not as deep. Yes, I would agree with that. Because, um, like, if you put Zach Ertz and another guy on the Rams, you go, ooh, yeah, that's pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. So it, it really – but it's like, okay, but is, is it Zach Ertz, though, or is it just the offensive players? Exactly. It's tough. Yeah. Um, offensive lines. This should be fun oh, because I know all these guys' names. <laughs> Arizona Cardinals from left tackle to right tackle. All right. So you got DJ Humphreys, yep. Justin Pugh from the Giants, yep. Rodney Hudson, Will Henderson, Kelvin Beckham from the Jets. Sure. That's a lot better room than I thought it was. I'm not going to lie to you. guard again? They got Justin Pugh, the yeah. New York Giants guy, mm-hmm. and they got Will Hen- or Hernandez? Hernandez. 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 That's what I thought. Okay, yes. okay cool. Both Giants guards, too, which yeah. I think is funny. Um, I forgot they got Rodney Hudson too. LA Rams, we got Joe Noteboom. Yep, he's, he was a right tackle that's now playing yep. left because David Edwards, yep. Brian Allen, Logan Bruss, Rob Haverstein, Hammenstein, Hammenstein. Yeah, yep. uh, that's Rams. That, that is, yeah, I was gonna say that's uh, that is fun. Forty mm-hmm. uh, ers we got Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, Daniel Brunskill, and Mike. 
McGlinchey. <laughs> oh, Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, Mike McGlinchey. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't say, the last name, I was just like, how am I going to sound this one out? And in Seattle, we have oh um, Charles Cross, Damian Lewis, Austin Blythe, Gabe Jackson, Jake Curran. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. No. The the Charles Cross really helps out because mm-hmm. if it wasn't Charles Cross, I'd go, I don't know who the fuck plays on tackle. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so in terms of offensive lines here, I think Seattle's probably four. And the offense line's really rough. I think I think the Rams are three. Because Rams are three because you yeah you miss some guys. Uh, I would say 49ers are two. They look a lot better on the field than what their names are yeah, saying though. Like their zone running seems like, insane. Mm-hmm. But I think from name value, I would yeah. say Arizona's one because when I was going through, I was like, oh, Rodney Hudson's there. Yeah, they have uh, a Pugh, like, right now. Yeah, they got yeah. a really good offensive line there in Arizona. So yeah. I'd say Arizona's one. That's fair. I, I take that. Yep. Um, so that is our offense. So how would you rate the offenses overall? This? Overall, I, Seattle I, is a far four for me. Yeah, but the because the quarterback. Yeah, if Russell Wilson so was there, I you think can the you can make the argument yeah. that they're better than some of these teams. But I still think even then, I think you could, Yeah, I think the Rams are still the best offense. And I think, and here's why. I think for I think it's a couple fold. I think number one, I think we saw them in the biggest moments. You saw even in the Super Bowl the depth. Yeah, really came in clutch there. I understand the Cooper Cup like eight passes in that last drive, but overall, you had yeah. backup tight end, backup tackles, backup 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 wide receiver. You know what I mean? I just I I think Rams are one. I think Cardinals are two. I put the Niners three. Seattle, Seattle four. four. Yeah, that, I'm not too far. I, I mean, you could sway me on Arizona and the 49ers flipping. You could. On absolutely. either way, because I think... The, uh, but like, I think here's from the thing. From quarterback play, Shan- wide receiver... I think if you're going to go coaching, I think then Kyle Shanahan makes them a two. Yes. You know yeah, what I mean? that's true. So it's really dependent. But I'm talking about just on paper, you look at who would you rather have, no matter who the coach is, I think I'd rather have the Rams. Yeah. Not, not too shabby on that one. All right. Defenses. I feel like I have preconceived notions of I how do I too, feel. but I don't but think it's going to shake out. I don't like think so either. At all. Not even a little bit. You're going to go to this Rams linebacking corner and go, who? Yeah, exactly. All right. Arizona Cardinals. So they run a 3-4. Okay. So we're only naming three here. Okay. Got J.J. Watt, Leaky Futu, Zach Allen. Are there three? The I'd like to say that's a great D-line, but it's really not. Yeah. J.J. Watt was not it's super not, effective yeah. last year. So um, Rams also run a 3-4. Uh, a Sean Robinson, yeah. Greg Gaines, Aaron Donald. Yeah. Very three. Well, I mean, Aaron Donald's like a generational talent. Like, yes. You can make the argument right now. He's like the second best defensive player ever by Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. That is it's, insane. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, oh, my God. 49ers running with their two or their four. We got Nick Bosa, oh. Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, Samson uh, Ibuka. Yeah. From the Rams. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's 49ers D line. That's such a good team. Yeah. Seattle Seahawks, Shelby Harris, Al Woods, Puna Ford, Daryl Taylor. Okay. So Seattle's four. Uh, actually, you know what? I, don't know. I think I put it's I Arizona think, four. I, I think I put Arizona four. Really uh, unless you told me JJ Watt's really good, which but I don't way, think though, so. He's 30 foot, 35, 34. Mm-hmm. He's injury prone. So I'm going to put Arizona four, put Seattle, Seattle three, three. put the Rams two, and I'm going to put the Niners one. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. All on Aaron Donald's back too on that oh, one. Yeah, I think Aishon though. I think Aishon's fine, but like his own as being a good run stuffer. Yeah. Plus, uh, you're gonna the linebacking core helps because Leonard Floyd's a beast. Yes. Uh, Arizona Cardinals for the linebacking crew. So yes. you got uh, Marcus Golden outside. Yep. Isaiah Simmons, Zavon, uh, uh, Zavon Collins, yep. De- uh, Devon Kennard outside linebacker. 
Yeah, so this, Gennaro, that's already a negative five. Yeah. <laughs> Most inefficient pass rusher ever, okay. but it's fine. LA Rams here. We got Justin Hollins, Bobby Wagner, Ernest Jones, okay. Leonard Floyd. Ooh, yeah. Bobby Wagner helps a lot. So much for this team. Yep. I wonder who's wearing the green dot. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. Uh, 49ers got uh, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner. Oh, yeah. And CLC Hawks have Jordan Brooks, Cody Barton, and Uchum Nawasu from the Chargers. That's not bad either, quite frankly. Um, Okay, so... Okay, so I have... I think 49ers are still one in the linebacking crew because Fred Warner is awesome. Really? Mm, Yeah, but it's hard because they only have two. Yeah. They only have two as a list. I think because... That's the thing, like... I would actually think put the Rams one because, but it's like hard because like Leonard Floyd is a pass rusher, so it's like yeah he's, he's kind of D line yeah yeah so yeah, uh, but I would do Forty ers one Rams two yeah, Arizona three Seattle four but those are close yeah I, would, I like I, I, I love Isaiah I probably signed I probably t- yeah I think the problem with I think I actually oh God that's tough I think I'd actually rather have Seattle's linebackers than Arizona and here's why. They don't know how to use Isaiah Simmons. He's that's out there tr- running true. around going rover. He has yeah. no idea what the hell he's doing. They've already said they're not overly thrilled with how Zayvon Collins played last year. Mm-hmm. I like Jordan Brooks a lot. I like Jordan Brooks, and, and I, I like Nwasu from, from the Chargers. So I think that they have more upside yeah. than Carolina if, than Arizona If does. Seattle could draft a middle linebacker next year yeah, that was like legitimately great. kind Jordan of Brooks good. Jordan Brooks was a stud for them last year. They just weren't very good. Yes. Yeah. But I, uh, I if they drafted a guy instead of Cody Barton to play there, and maybe the Boyamafu guy, who they drafted could be that guy oh, yeah, eventually, sure. but like if they found a third linebacker with those other yeah. two, I think their linebacking crew could actually be like really good, second or first in yeah, this division. So, but and here's the thing, I think that Cody some Barn people are going to look at them and be like, "All right, really, you're going to have them?" I go, "Yeah, but you're going off of name value and how they play in Madden, not how they're playing on the field." Mm-hmm. Isaiah Simmons in Madden's awesome because he's huge, he's fast, and he can tackle. But in reality, he's been very ineffective for them because they don't know where to put him. He was playing safety his rookie year, so how do you? You're, you're trying to make this weird hybrid role. It doesn't work in the NFL the same way. Mm-hmm. So I think that with those things being considered, I actually think I'd like Arizona or uh, Seattle's better because you actually have production there. Yep. All right. And the defensive backs. Here we go. So we got Arizona. We got Marco Wilson, left corner. Mm-hmm. Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker, Antonio Hamilton, right I corner. Like their corners. Their corner, I, I don't like their corners I think corners why it's because everyone's like, oh, Buda Baker's really good. So you just think that their secondary is good? Yeah. It's not, That's it's a preconceived notion yeah, that I thought is. their corners are good. It is, absolutely. Um, Rams. And you, and you still think Pat Pete's there when he's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rams, David Long Jr., left corner. Jordan Fuller, safety. Nick yeah. Scott, safety. Jalen Ramsey, safety. Really? They don't have Taylor Rapp at safety? Taylor Rapp's are, I, All right, we can sub in Taylor Rapp for Nick Scott. It's fine. Okay. Either one. I was going to say, Really? Uh, yeah, and then you have Jalen Ramsey. And then you got Jalen Ramsey. And Troy Hill is their nickel corner. But, yeah, yeah, they have low-key, sneaky, good – like David Long yeah, is sneaky, low-key good. a pretty darn good corner. Yes. I would love to have him on Detroit. Uh, and, uh, that is my number one. Yeah. That is my number two. That's great. 49ers, Emmanuel Mosley's left corner. Yeah. Uh, Talonia Hufanga, He's strong gonna safety. He's going to be their starter this year? I guess so. Him. I liked him coming out of USC, fourth-round pick. Uh, Jimmy Ward and then Charfavius Ward from yeah. Kansas City. Um, that's their corners. Um, not as also not as good as I thought they were gonna be. Yeah. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, Artie Burns. Artie Burns. Uh, I guess you could say Trey Brown too. One of the two. Uh, Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, Sidney Jones with Justin Coleman's a nickel. Yeah. Um. All right. So In I'm terms of that, I mean, for Rams are definitely one. Yeah. 
Um, honestly, I don't even hate Seattle's secondary because you got two really good safeties. Yeah, you do. Um, uh, the corners, you know, Cindy Jones is fine, Trey Brown's fine, but like I like yeah. the corner. I feel like all the corners are not very good for the yeah. other three teams. Yeah. Then you look at safeties. Yeah, Buda Baker's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 49ers have Jimmy Ward, who's yeah. like the big name guy. Well, Seattle's got two guys. So I'll at, the, at that Seattle. point, I think you can put Seattle two on paper. Like I said, if we're going with everyone's got the same play callers, they're on the same shit. Yeah. Who, who would I rather have on paper? Yeah. You have high upside guys. Cindy Jones, high upside. Like guy. what secondary would I rather have? If I could pick a whole secondary group. I'd pick the Rams one because you get yeah. Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Seattle's two because I, I, I like the I two safeties put, together. I could put Seattle at two, and then I put the Niners at three, and, and Arizona I put at four. Arizona four. Yeah, I think that's fair. But you, you got to remember though, the secondary for the Niners looks better because their pass that's rush is so, so freaking good. good. Like so when, it, it helps. when you don't have to cover anyone, it's so nice. I will but. say this though. Can we I, I want to get your opinion on this because this is the last group, right? Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts on Jalen Ramsey? Because I think there's a lot of talk and now I don't know if this is because the NFL skews offensively anyway, so it's harder to do things. Mm-hmm. But he struggled mightily in those playoffs. Mm-hmm. To the point where Jamar Chase made him look like Jeff Okuda. Yeah. Rob, I don't want to break it to you. Yeah. Because I don't know if you watched that last play. Yeah. But if Joe, if, if Joe Burrow had more time. one more second and just lobs the bad boy up. Or if Samaj P. Ryan would have just dove for the ball and he was just like, oh, it's, guess yeah. it's not, it didn't come right to me, so I'm not going to agree. Yeah. It's hilarious. If, if there's like one or two things that go differently, oh, Bengals could possibly have won that oh, game. I know. So. Well, I, here's the thing. Here's how I balance that out in my head. They shouldn't have scored in that last one on the T. Higgins touchdown, so sure. I balance it out. Sure. Anyway. I don't necessarily know how super-duper high I am. I think Jalen Ramsey's still probably a top-three corner in the league. Mm-hmm. But, man, we're talking about – people are talking about him like he's Charles Woodson. Mm-hmm. And, like, while he's got the accolades now, every time I see him in big-time situations, mm-hmm. I haven't seen Jalen Ramsey I, go, holy shnikes, he just locked down Devontae Adams. I think he just locked down a guy. I think the weird thing that the Rams do is – he plays so off all the time? I mean, I feel like he's too maybe. slow. But, like, I feel like – and maybe it's just me liking yeah. what Seattle did with their defense for a while yeah. is I don't understand why they just put Ramsey one-on-one with, like, Devontae Adams. Yeah. Because I'm like, you're just going to get crushed. Yeah. Like, why don't you do the thing where you put Ramsey on Alan Lazard yeah. and, then, lock and, then, and just lock him down and yeah. then have David Long on the other side with, 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 with rap over, over top yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's just much – better game plan than going all right Rams you got him one-on-one there's no way and he gets killed Killed. there were the 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 division around two years ago when Adams was literally just dogging him on every single play I was like yeah I just didn't I just maybe it's just because they do that they don't give him any support like none like at all but like man him against Jamar Chase was not well not received he got burnt he almost cost them the game against Tampa Mm -hmm. because Mike Adams just went See ya. Or Mike Evans went, see you later. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? And then um, against, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, he had a game against the Niners where he looked like crap too. So I was like, I just don't, I just, I understand that like, man, Jalen Ramsey's awesome. He's awesome. And, and I do agree that he's really, really good. I just think that it's like, oh, he's Mr. Like, Darrell Revis locked people down. Mm-hmm. Like, outside of like Randy Moss, he locked everybody down. Mm-hmm. Nobody got past him. I'm not seeing that out of Jalen Ramsey. No. You know, like, I saw in those playoff games where I was like, like, there was at one point, it was like, so there's no Jalen Ramsey, no Aaron Dodd. Like, people were not making plays at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these are the guys that are supposed to be coming in clutch here. And they had Von Miller at the time, 
and they still weren't doing anything. I was like, to me. So I don't know. That's just just my take on the whole situation. But either way, uh, overall though, what defense would you rather have? Uh, I would. I would like to have the 49ers first. Yeah. Followed by the Rams. Yep. Followed by Arizona with Seattle fourth. But Seattle's close. Seattle, okay, so here's the thing. My preconceived notion, which I thought was, I thought Rams were going to be one and one on both sides. Yeah. And I thought Seattle was going to be clearing away four on yeah. all sides. And after going through the roster, I went, Seattle's not as awful They're as not everyone. not as far away as people think. Like, people just are just like, they have no talent well, anywhere. Well, and I'm like, they got the guys somewhere. It's the quarterback. But it's yeah, the, it's the it's exactly why. Yeah. it's because everyone's like Drew Lock is awful. But no, even I, awful. the thing is, everyone's just like, oh, the defense is awful. I'm like, I don't really think the defense is like name I value think, is that awful. No, I think the they don't have the pass rush that they have some no other pass rush, and I think that makes everybody else yeah. look so much worse. Right? Like, can you imagine how good the Lions' defense would be if they had the Niners' pass rush? Hmm? It'd be stupid. If yeah, the Lions had the Niners' pass rush. It looks stupid. That's what they're trying to do. It, like, I I'm trying to get people to understand this. If Aiden Hutchinson plays like Aiden Hutchinson and they get some sort of pass rush this year from some of the other guys they brought in, the Charles Harris's of the world, to, to repeat his performance, Anzarike year two, Aline McNeil year two, um, Aquara, Michael Brockers, they've switched the scheme to a more attacking scheme. You're going to be surprised to see this Lions defense not look like we can't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to be top five. I'm mm-hmm. not saying the top ten. I'm not even going to say the top 15. But 16, 17, 18 mm-hmm. from 31st, yeah. it's a pretty damn marked improvement. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's all because of the pass. We just went through the Niners stuff. You go, yeah, Fred Warner, awesome. Mm-hmm. The other linebackers, eh. They're secondary. You go, Jimmy Ward's okay. I don't even know who their corners are. You know, Jason Verrett on one leg still. You know, yeah. so it's – but it's the scheme and it's the pass rush. Mm-hmm. Those overlook a lot of things where you allow those guys to be fast. So – it is, it is kind of is what it is. But that's going to be it, though, for this week's episode, guys. Um, give me um, what division next week are we talking about? Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to finish NFC the NFC South? South. NFC South. All right. A lot less discussion, I'm guessing, on that one. A but, little bit. Yeah. Um, that's going to be it for this is, show, guys. Can the NFC South, off the top of my head, win every single Yeah, can division? one team win every single Every single section. Every single. Yeah, I think the Bucks group. probably have the best shot at doing it. Now, but now I'm thinking about it. Christian McCaffrey is probably going to win best running back, so probably not. But I think it could be close. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't think there's a running back room though. So yeah, running like, back oh, room might be different. Yeah. So maybe they could. Interesting. It'll be stuff. interesting. All right, that's going to be it for this week's show, though, guys. On behalf of the missing whale man, he's the Merkso Mike Merkel. I'm the mouth of Michigan, Rob Medeka. We will see you guys as always next time. <laughs>